0: highways voices the podcast of highways news your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries and our must-read daily newsletter
1: this week on highways voices we
2: talk decarbonization Child came to us and we learn more about their biogenic binder It clearly was for us the route to go.
3: Alongside the warm mix for minimising the the inputs, there's also a need to minimise the embodied carbon within the bitumen.
1: Now, this isn't decarbonisation of our transport network's vehicles that use it, but of the stuff that it's made of, as we learn about super-low carbon asphalt and what it means for the environment, making the black
0: stuff greener on this week's Highways Voices. Highways Voices in association with partner organizations the Transport Technology Forum, ITS UK, LCRIG, adept. Welcome to the leading transport-related podcast in the
1: UK from me, Paul Hutton. Bob Allen from Aggregate Industries and Richard Taylor from Shell chat to Adrian on Highways Voices in a moment. But first, let's hear from Adrian with a couple of picks of the leading stories this week on the Highways News website.
4: There's a story about Cardiff Council and the fact they'll be engaging the public on how the city can improve the transport network using data and technology to reduce congestion... Improve bus travel and incentivize cycling or walking. Using real time information as an intelligent transport system could use a range of measures to help people take decisions about the best way to move around the city on any given time or day. This would include having a transport user app for the public, ensuring that the new bus interchange is integrated into the Cardiff Highway Network, developing integrated ticketing between different forms of transport, implementing smart corridors to improve bus journey times, and creating an integrated control room with updated telematics and infrastructure. Elsewhere, Glasgow City Council has considered the draft City Centre Transformation Plan for 2022-2032, A plan that will allow the city to deliver integrated, healthy, inclusive and sustainable transport for a city centre with increased connectivity and capacity. The plan will have a people-based focus, addressing the needs of place and movement and the additional need for connected, safe and appealing places to live and work.
1: And on the site, you can also read about eight new Unoptic spot speed cameras installed to save lives in Scotland. And talking of Scotland, the new operational team from IBI and Aegis take over as Amy concentrate on operating, upgrading and maintaining the motorway and trunk road technology while staying with road safety TWMs say roads in the wirral have been made safer thanks to new vehicle activated signage you can read all about these and around 50 stories a week on our website about the highways and transport technology industries you can get them all in a quick check digest in our daily email to your inbox each lunchtime as well as updates on our twitter and linkedin pages we really are the only place you need to go for everything you need
0: to know. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum.
5: Swaco improves quality of life by making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. From software as a service traffic management solutions to parking, VMS, EV charging and road marking too. Find out how Swarco can deliver more efficient and safer traffic management. Swarco, the better way every day. As part of its
1: ongoing commitment to decarbonising the construction industry, leading building material supplier Aggregate Industries has further developed its Super Low product range with the launch of the UK's first commercially available biogenic asphalt. Super Low Carbon Asphalt has been developed in partnership with Shell Bitumen as a pioneering product for more sustainable pavement projects this is clearly an important moment for the transport industry in this country so Adrian Tatum decided to find out more about it by catching up with Richard Taylor Global Technical Development Manager at Shell and first
2: Bob Allen, Technical Director of Aggregate Industries For Aggregate Industries, Adrian, like many of our competitors we're all now looking to provide industry and our clients with a lower carbon off- offerings and we all have a target of zero carbon at, at some point industry had already moved towards war mixes and and i think that's that's got acceptance now in industry at large and war mix was really the first step at reducing carbon in, in terms of our, our materials but you know we've, we've been scratching our, our heads out to take this further there are, there are obviously things we can do from a plant point of view and those continue for, but from the material point of view the key part of the Shell was the embodied carbon within bitumen. So when we partnered up with Shell initially and Shell came to us and we learned more about their biogenic binder, it clearly was for us the route to go. And, and we've had a, a successful partnership and a successful development. And uh, in terms of carbon, effectively, it, it doubled our carbon reduction. So we've gone from Hot to warm, and then we double the carbon reduction when we when we use the biogenic component.
3: For for Shell Bitumen, as Bob said, I mean there's there's a move in the industry towards uh, a net zero asphalt pavement world. We're going to see the development of a net zero asphalt roadmap by National Highways, and so it's important for us. To develop the right kind of products that the industry is going to need going forwards, we already got some well-established techniques like warm mix recycling, and I think there's a growing interest in how long materials last. The thinking starting to align very strongly with the circular economy. In terms of longer lasting materials, closing the loop, recycling. But alongside a warm mix for minimizing the, the inputs, there's also a need to minimize the embodied carbon within the bitumen. And so there are certain levers that can be pulled there from a fossil perspective. So as the refineries themselves start to decarbonize, we should see some reduction in the, in the footprint of the bitumen. Uh, however, substitution is likely to play a role in the the decarbonisation of bitumen and so um, we started to look at biogenic sources of residues that we could blend to have technically acceptable bitumen and so we started to blend biogenic materials into the traditional refinery bitumen and that's how we then partnered with agri industries to make to make this a reality so tell us
4: a bit more about about the research that went on for, for this particular product obviously it mentions in in the press that's come out this week about you know use of new and existing technology so tell us a bit about how they were combined in the research process and
3: then uh, latterly how, how they were trialed from an R&D perspective When you're assessing materials that are not traditional refinery residues, you have to go beyond the simple kind of index and empirical tests that we have today. And so when we were making the research for this particular biogenic material, we did quite a lot of fundamental tests around the chemistry of the product, how the product um, evolved with ageing, obviously how it behaved in simple terms in asphalt mixtures. And so... It's not really a case of just making a simple substitution and then checking the index tests for a material. You have to actually delve a lot deeper to actually understand whether this material is going to behave as a suitable road binder for the longer term. And so, um you know, asphalt is not our business; it's not our direct expertise. so we do some basic checks on uh, how the material behaves in asphalt. We really look at the binder technology itself and then we leave it to our customers like aggregate industries to make the assessment of their of their final products. But from our perspective we would uh, assess the component within the bitumen and then we would take a look at very fundamental tests beyond the simple sort of test that we would use to assess a refinery bitumen, purely because this material is not a pure refinery bitumen anymore, it's a a modified bitumen of sorts.
2: From our point of view, Adrian, by the time that binder arrives at aggregate industries, it's it's now a C. Product. And for us, the world of asphalt and contracts, it's a, it's a world of compliance, sort of fortunately and unfortunately. So, our first base was really to combine the, the Biogenic binder with the mixtures that we, um, we were going to use and ensure that we, uh, we simply met compliance in terms of the standards and specifications in the UK today. But we did take that further because Richard mentioned earlier about durability, and there's a little point actually bringing new products to the market if we can't have confidence in, in the durability of these products. So in terms of asphalt and performance, things that we've done in our laboratories to examine durability, put subject these mixtures in, uh, in a pressure-aging vessel, basically applying, um, trying to accelerate ageing and 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 see how they perform in the future essentially see how they age and, and we've and i think we've demonstrated actually to ourselves that these products are will be will be durable and a direct re- replacement for the uh, the mixtures where they where they're used
4: and was this product uh trialed in the uk with with local authorities or, or other road operators how did, how did that sort of um period of, of research work
2: yeah so we, we've conducted a number of probably the largest one was on the A3, so um, we've used the material in both base, binder, and surface course, and we've trialled it in terms of using the binder in a high wrap mix, where the binder is used neat. The hard pen grade of the wrap essentially brought that down to about 50 pen, and we've also used it in PMB blends, where we've taken a a relatively... um, viscous EMB binder. In fact, that was a a shell EM binder and blended the biogenic binder to give us a lighter binder and we've used that in, um, in some surface course application. So I think we've trialled it fairly comprehensively for the launch date. That's Bob Allen of Aggregate
1: Industries there chatting to Adrian along with Richard Taylor of Shell. They're talking about the new super low carbon asphalt they've produced. We'll hear more from them in a moment. But first, let's get the latest from
0: our podcast partners with Lucy. Highways Voices with the latest news and events from our partner organisations, ITS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum.
5: ADEPT's Smart Places Live Labs programme is innovative in many ways, not least because four of the eight projects are led by women. Launched to time with yesterday's International Women's Day, ADEPT has released a fascinating interview with the four project leads. They discuss their careers, what it's like to be leaders in what is still a male-dominated highway sector, and how they see the future for women in transport. The video, Women in Transport, can be found on the ADEPT website, and we've put a link in the blurb. Adept Value of Trees project aims to better understand the consequences of ash dieback and the impacts for local authorities. Led by Leicestershire County Council with Tree Economics, the project will produce guidance on species choice and tree planting techniques in rural and urban areas. The guidance aims to help plan our future landscapes, providing advice on species choice and planting designs to support nature recovery. Talking of International Women's Day, as has become tradition, ITS UK's Women in ITS Forum met to celebrate female impact and contributions in the world of transport. Chaired by Gemma Treadwell of Arcadis, the Women in ITS Forum provides a focus for women in the industry, aiming to promote ITS as a career. This meeting is the first co-organised by New Forum Vice Chairs Rebecca Bollen, a Traffic Signals Engineer at 4-Way Consulting, and Olivia Cairns, Operations and Safety Consultant at WSP. You can watch the meeting on the ITS UK YouTube channel, and yes, we've put a link in the blurb. Elkrig, the local council roads innovation group, has revealed more details about its planned innovation festival. Elkrig will have space for approximately 40 organisations to exhibit or demonstrate their latest innovation in one of the following categories for which it is inviting sponsorship. Surface treatments, health and safety, messaging and customer journey, tools and equipment, carbon reduction, green estate, retro reflectivity and drainage. The organisation will invite every council member to bring along two frontline personnel along with a senior decision maker who has the power to authorise new innovative approaches in their authority. The event will be totally free of charge for local authority members and Elkrig is expecting a high take up for the two day event. Attendees will review each of the innovations being presented and score each one against a set of predefined criteria. As a result of this, there will be a winner in each category. The aim will be to fund trials for the winners across a number of local authorities, some of whom have already come forward and suggested match funding and award from Elkrig. Further details will be made available over the coming weeks, so do keep an eye on the Elkrig website. And a few weeks ago, we had a podcast featuring Daniel Hobbs from the Connected Places Catapult and Darren Capes of DFT about the new manual for smart streets. Daniel's delivered a blog post about the manual, which will be launched later in the month. He explains that the manual includes details on how traffic signals would develop to connect to vehicles in the future, how new sources of data can link into implementing other services in the local authority, information for how people could move around and providing a wider control and management of the network to the local authority. And it goes without saying, yes, there's a link to that and El Craig's website in the blurb.
0: Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Now back to our chat with Bob and Richard about the new
1: super low carbon asphalt and Adrian asked Bob how far they can go. The objective
2: is uh, is net zero. so You know, that's the, the ultimate goal and I think all industry is on that path. We're not 100% there yet, that's true. So at the moment, the grade of binder that we're using is a biogenic component that composes about 250 kilograms in every tonne of, of bitumen we receive. The, uh, the higher the amount of biogenic component, then the, the lower the carbon reduction. So currently all the work has been on that standard grade, which has been a seventy one hundred 100 pen grade. Um, but I'm sure over the, the coming years we'll, we'll be developing further and we'll be able to see that that number reduce. I mean, one interesting thing that's come out of uh, the launch of this product is the um, interest in the client and uh, something I hadn't thought of before, but it was a a request to use the binder in uh, foam mix asphalt applications. That's a good one because actually that will use a softer grader binder. So maybe we can look at further carbon reductions with newer materials materials that we hadn't originally conceived of
3: eventually we'd like to get to a stage where the content of biogenic material would be equal to the to the emissions related to to the fossil production of fossil bitumen i think with any innovation i think it's um it's generally wise to work in a sort of slow and steady stepwise fashion and so at the moment we're getting close to halfway there I think it's important, I think everybody's comfortable with the technical performance of the product at that level of substitution. As we gain more experience with using the product, then we may then look to elevate that towards a product where the uh, biogenic content is higher. The end game is to, to minimise the, the inputs to the asphalt system as much as we can and to maximise the amount of renewable material that can be used. Uh, because as well as the, as the carbon story, we also, of course, are, are taking a renewable material and displacing a non-renewable material as part of this process, which is also quite important. So as long as we can start, you know, continually to sustainably produce the biogenic material, we should reduce the, the demand for For fossil product in asphalt mixtures it is the beginning i mean you know if we can achieve a a reduction in the bitumen of 40 to 50 percent in terms of the fossil versus the biogenic i think that's a very positive step whilst maintaining the technical performance of the bitumen as we know it today i think as we go higher we'll start to see us depart from the properties that we that we understand around bitumen. So if you take that argument to the extreme, if you were to make a fully synthetic binder, then the tests that we've developed over over decades for refinery bitumen may not be as relevant for that material. However, we are still talking here about something which is predominantly a bitumen.
4: So at the moment, if I'm a local authority looking to use this product, or my contractor is, where does it get me in terms of percentages so you know compared to if i if i'm using it for resurfacing where does it get me in terms of t- traditional resurfacing yeah. you know is it is it 20 percent, 30 percent? is it you know you say you're working towards 50 and obviously net zero but how, how 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 far along that line are we with this
2: in terms of the actual final product the asphalt itself the, the measurements that we've carried out and we use uh, aspect which is the industry standard for calculating carbon to determine this so the, what we've shown so far is that the, the carbon reduction is within the range 30 to 50% when you compare that to a hot mix asphalt, which I think is quite significant. I think that's, a, that's quite a major step forward.
4: That's really good, that's really good. And, and like you say, um, Richard, as we push this further, obviously um, the percentage of, of aggregates that effectively you're gonna to have to quarry and put into a product is gonna go down, right?
0: I think
3: it's important to point out that we're talking about two different things. So obviously, the the, the final product that that Bob and Agri Industries produce, there are a number of levers in there that contribute to that carbon reduction. So there's the warm mix, there's wrap, there's, there's these elements that build up that overall finished product footprint. What we're doing with the bitumen, and we do have EPDs developed under 15804 that we've done with consultants in the Netherlands for this material, what we can do with the bitumen in terms of biogenic content today is a reduction of around 50%. And like I say, we've made the the necessary studies to to support that. That doesn't necessarily translate to 50% in the asphalt. That's 50% of the bitumen contribution of the overall footprint if that's too complicated but, but basically uh, maybe... the, the bit, yeah the bitumen footprint can be you know, reduced to contribute to the overall carbon saving that's seen through that used in combination with warm mix and recycling
4: no i understand this for, for everyone out there for a moment it's a bit confusing because there's so many different carbon measurements there's so many different ways of measuring carbon that people yeah. tend to get confused and i just wanted to try and cut through that for them the, the other thing that's kind of very much happening at the moment in terms of highway authorities and other road operators in in the uk is that obviously we're trying to move from a reactive situation into more proactive situation in terms of asset management and obviously you know stopping potholes from forming in the first place rather than fighting fire actually filling them in so in, in what way does this kind of kind of technology development um help with that
3: i think we talk about slightly different parts of the circular economy there so i think that product life and proper maintenance and proper repair are very very important concepts in terms of making the most of the resource that we use for the construction of roads. One measure that I think is quite useful is is mass of material. And so we put carbon to one side, because you're quite right, that's complicated for a lot of people. But if you think about the mass of material that is required to provide a road for the transportation of goods and services and people over a period of time, then clearly the more often we have to produce, move, lay that material, then the more we are producing and consuming. And so, it is really really important that that maintenance is timely that the repairs are carried out um to to preserve the longevity of that function but this is more about from, from my perspective anyway this is more about the minimising the inputs to that system so as long as these technologies are compatible with polymer modification and ways of extending the life of, of a pavement that exists today that they're sort of complementary we're minimising the inputs every time you have to intervene in that cycle of events.
1: That's Richard Taylor, Global Technical Development Manager at Shell, and also Bob Allen, Technical Director, Aggregate Industries, talking to Adrian on this week's Highways Voices.
0: Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com.
1: So we're almost out of time, but before we go, we've got time for the important moment in the show when we tip our hat to someone or some people doing great things in the industry. It's time for Adrian's Accolade. Adrian, who does your accolade go to this week?
4: To the team at Amy and Kent County Council, their paper on Smart Winter Work has won an award and received an honourable mention at the latest version of the World Winter Service and Road Resilience Congress this year hosting Calgary. The Congress, which tackles topics such as new technology and methods in winter service, recognised the team's innovation work on the AI surface temperature prediction model, which predicts road surface conditions over the winter season. The model tries a machine learning approach to predict road surface conditions over a period of time using geographical information, traffic usage and weather forecast features, along with target road surface temperatures. And that's why they're a worthy winner of my accolade this week.
1: Well done to Amy and Kent County to council for winning adrian's accolade this week and that's it from us we're talking more carbon next week on the program as we discuss a groundbreaking piece of work led by adept so don't miss that but for now have a good week and we'll talk again soon
0: highways voices join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry